Welcome into this week's edition of Talking Ball. My name is Jerry Hamilton, joined as always by Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. I'm sure nobody has any questions about defensive backs tackling in space, any anything that we get all on our live streams or whatnot. It is. I would say this is close to hate week because U of H really hates Texas. I mean, so oh yeah, they do. And there's a little bit of Texas fan base that hates U of H too. So this is a little hate week coming off the real hate week. Obviously, Texas taking on the Houston Cougars at 3 p.m. Saturday over there. Uh, just a few miles from where I live over on the U of H campus. Uh, huge game for the uh, Texas Longhorns. They moved up a spot in the polls to start. They were nine. Now they're eight, mm-hmm. as we talked about. Every week from here on out, almost an unbeaten is going to fall. Last week it was Oregon. Dropped, uh, dropped that game mm-hmm. to Washington this week. Penn State's at, at Ohio State. So, again, another unbeaten is going to come off the board. And if Texas keeps winning, they're going to keep inching their way up. Yes, those sir. rankings uh, all the way up to the Big 12 championship game, hopefully. Uh, but re- this week, I'm going to set the tables for what we're talking about. Rod and I are going to have reaction to Steve Sarkeesian's press conference, which was at about 11.15 this morning uh, on Monday morning. So we'll talk about what Sark had to say, his two points of emphasis, one offensively and one defensively after what he called the self-audit mm-hmm. at the midway point. And then I'm going to get Rod's take. I'm going to tell you about the, re- the recruitment of the four new offers in 2024. Then I'm going to get Rod's opinions on those players. One of the great things about having Rod with us is uh, I put I told him to put that evaluation hat on, man, and uh, get to do some <laughs> things he's never he's never been asked to do, but I know he loves doing. Uh, so we're going to get Rod's opinion on the new receiver offer, the new safety offer from a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, and two new defensive line offers here in 2024. Uh, but before we get into the show, guys, I'm going to take a second for our sponsor, and that is John Donovan, president of Longhorn Wealth Management Group. Thank you to John Donovan for being the sole sponsor of Talking Ball. John's a proud University of Texas graduate, as is, as is his wife and six siblings, which is what fuels John's UT passion and led him to dedicate his firm to providing total wealth management services to all University of Texas alumni and University of Texas employees and their respective families and friends who John has been proudly serving for now over 30 years. This week is National Estate Planning Awareness Week, something Rod and I probably need to take into account. Uh, So Longhorn Wealth wants to remind you to make sure you've updated your will, power of attorney, and trust documents as these important legal instruments are vital to ensuring your wishes are carried out properly to provide your loved ones and or charitable beneficiaries upon your passing. To learn how Longhorn Wealth can help provide the most appropriate estate planning strategies and solutions to best meet your unique family, business, or charitable legacy planning desires, give John and the Longhorn Wealth team a call at 972-707-4900 or visit longhornwealth.net. John has over also has 14 years as a Dallas, Texas X's board member. So thank you to John Donnan for all he does for the University of Texas and their uh, vast alumni across the state of Texas. Again, thank you to John Donovan of Longhorn Wealth Management. Um, all right, Rod, Sark took to the podium today, press conference, and talked about uh, – first, I want to talk about the health of the guys. Mm-hmm. It was interesting today. He said everybody practiced on this Monday. Now, Tuesday, Wednesday are the full contact practices. But that means Jake Majors, Cole Hudson, Ryan Watts, JT Sanders all practiced today. He actually said Cole Hudson was the most limited still 
which was interesting because there were some reports that inside Texas kind of refuted that Jake Majors could be out six to eight weeks. That's definitely not the case. He practiced yeah. today. Uh, wow. So we'll see later in the week where the health of his team is at. Uh, but it sounds pretty good starting Monday. Uh, and Sark mentioned, uh, mentioned that all those guys had nothing last week. Just wow. to get healthy, get in the training room, get your bodies as right as possible, headed into this game week. So I think Sark will know more on Thursday, Friday, where these guys are at and who's going to for sure be available to play. We know JT Sanders will be available. It's the other three guys that I think we're still – kind of wondering where they're going to be at by the end of the week. But all indications are pretty good starting Monday. So, Rod, what I wanted to get into with you was two points of emphasis for Sark. Uh, he called it the audit at the midway point of the season. On offense, red zone execution. We haven't talked about this at all since the OU. <laughs> well, let's start with offense. Red zone execution. I think you watched mm-hmm. Sark's press conference. What were your takeaways? And I know we've beaten this one to death, man, but – Kind of where are you at on the red zone execution with Texas headed into uh, U of H, and where where do you think they can truly improve there? Actually, Jerry, I thought about you. This is um, in addition to the red zone comment about him. You know, obviously the self evaluation of the self scouting and red zone being a big part of that, considering that's how that's one of the most inefficient areas of this team right now. Um, but he talked. Somebody asked about Savion Red, and he said. And he said, you know, through the the Savior, the Red Cat package, I call it, but their Wildcat, he said Savior Red has really carved out a niche for himself in short yardage. And I wondered if he was just because he didn't he didn't specify the Wildcat at the end. Right. He said short yardage. And I know for even before the season started, you were big on Savion Red having a certain ability yes. in short yardage type situations to find creases and be able to accelerate through those creases have the power within his game to do so. And you claim that he's got a, he's a power back. He actually can um, translate that on the field. So I thought about it. And I was like, Hey, that may be one of the ways <laughs> they're trying to, you know, juice the red zone um, offense for Texas. Another thing I, uh, someone else asked about the, uh, cause I've always talked about this STP, right? Steal that play. Yes. Uh, you see a cool play, steal that play. My man, Shano, Kyle Shanahan, who's a life, lifetime Longhorn, he's famous for admitting that he steals plays. He's like, oh, no, I like that play. I'm stealing that play. I'm stealing that concept. And he'll even give the coach props for it. Uh, some coaches don't do that. Sean Payton's pretty open about it. He talks about it. Andy Reid. Andy Reid wants to admit he stole a play from a, a janitor. All right? And Andy Reid will take a damn play from anybody. Anything to win, right? Don't think Anything you have all win. the answers. Exactly. And that's the thing. But for Sark, I wondered because he said he was going to do kind of an analytical deep dive on the red zone formation, personnel groupings, you know, uh, situation by situation, target by target, usage rate by usage rate, all these kinds of things and figure out analytically where they had the most success and where they were the most inefficient. Uh, And that's the analytical breakdown. I also wonder if he would just look at and I know he does because he's a football fan and he's a football theorist look at all the best red zone offenses around the country in college football, all the best red zone offenses in the NFL, and just go on a deep dive of stealing place and stealing concepts. There's a reason or try to figure out the commonality within those offenses that makes them so good in the red zone, whatever it may be. Uh, And then try to figure out exactly, um, you know, what they're doing that works. And he said, yes, of course he steals plays. He's admitted he steals plays all the time. And he, so I wonder if that's something that's not necessarily related to the red zone, but he admitted in the press conference and I, something I said he should do last week, hey, man, just go steal concepts. There are a lot of really creative things coaches are doing right now in the red zone, NFL and college. Just go steal some really cool concepts because one of the things they may be lacking is a bit of creativity, innovation. 
Um, and nothing. And Sark's obviously one of the most creative minds. But even the most creative minds in writing, they have writer's block. All right, in certain yes, situations. Sir. And I think in the red zone right now, Sark is dealing with some play callers block for right. essentially. And yep. he's admitted. He said he said game planning and execution are their biggest issues in the red zone. And he basically game planning means the man in the mirror. Hey, and this is a great time for Sark. Not to throw everything out that you've been doing, but to bring a couple new things to the table because teams have been scouting you. And this is if you have something to bring out of the bag now or you got a new bag, (laughs) right? This is Mm -hmm. a great time to do it because teams aren't going to be prepared for it. And I think that is the biggest thing Texas has going for them in the red zone. If they have anything new, teams aren't going to be prepared for it because they will not have seen it, whether that's formation, whether that's players, well, that's just some some new wrinkles to it. So that'll be interesting. Defensive side of the ball, Rod, I could not agree more with Sark on this. Because before the season, remember, first thing he talked about was creating turnovers. We have to create more turnovers. And Texas has had some interceptions, but they are not stripping the football, causing fumble turnovers. That he spoke to specifically when asked about the one thing on offense and defense. Offense was red zone execution. He talked about how well, how well they're moving the ball, 567 yards a game in Big 12 play. That that dog will hunt against who yes, they sir. play. Um, and then, but he talked about causing turnovers with fumbles, which I thought yeah. was interesting because that means you sit there and watched the Kansas quarterback run free. Catalan knocks the ball out, right? But then you saw the Oklahoma receivers yak, and you're like, we got to get we got to get the ball out of these guys' hands somewhere or the other. A couple times this year in key situations. And it's not like you're going to create fumbles consistently. But you, the point of I think Sark's getting at with this is we need to create a couple, and hopefully they're at the right time. Yeah, that's a good point. And I, I, was, I was really intrigued him bringing up specifically fumbles, forced yes. fumbles. Uh, you're right about that. And I think – you know, for Sark, there are two elements to that, right? If, to get the ball on the ground, uh, you know, from a ball carrier, to force a fumble, you can do it by being physical and lodging the ball loose, right? Just hitting somebody so hard, you just separate them from the football. Yes. Sark wants to see that, and he hadn't seen enough of it. Jalen Catalan did it uh, in the Kansas game. You're right. He basically just hit him so hard, ball pops out. Like, that. that's the force that Sark will, and the violence Sark wants to see his defense play with. And he's not saying enough of that. That's that he's hinting at that. Number two, when you strip the football, I played with one of the more famous oh, yeah. uh, strippers of the football of all time in Derek Johnson. And by the way, I told you guys, he came in doing that damn tomahawk chop strip move. Yeah. Nobody taught him that. We started doing it after he did it. He taught us. Hey, that thing's it. really effective when you run a 10-5 playing linebacker because <laughs> yeah, you're coming exactly. so fast. <laughs> yeah, and you have the strength to be able to – yeah. To, to corral them with one arm and then, you know, knock the ball out with the other. Yeah. But um, but it does show you that there are some guys who are – I've talked about this. They're ball hawks, yeah. and they are ball-centric, ball-oriented uh, players. They, they're programmed already to think about the football, where a lot of football players are thinking about the man. How can I get the man down mm-hmm. once there's a ball carrier? These guys don't think about that. They believe they have a right to the football when the ball is in the air. And when, when there's someone running with the football, they're thinking about how to get the ball out. Now, there are times where that's risky. Guys get extra yardage. They can break a tackle. Uh, but I think what Sark wants to see is pursuit to the football. All right. And then when there's a guy trying to extend the play, uh, he would like someone to stand that guy up, someone to make sure yes. that you've got to have got him secured. And someone has come in, football IQ. All right, knowing that the, the ball carry is secured and then come in thinking about the football. 
popping it out, stripping it out, and he's seeing it across the country because you see it all the time. And he wants his defense doing that. Now, are they practicing that? I'm sure they are. But he wants to see it translate on the field. And I that's, that's to me, just having guys who are ball hawks. I know you can teach that in practice, but – Man, that's some guys have it naturally, Jerry. I've been talking Rock, about Rock, some Rock, guys are born with that ability. That's nobody taught Derrick yeah. Johnson that. Nobody taught Michael Huff that. Nobody taught Nathan Basher that. I saw these guys as freshmen and they had it. They just had that it quality. Well, that, that to your point. <laughs> I don't I think you can work on that, but in the heat of the battle, when you're playing fast, if you think about it, it's wasted time. Too late. Too late. Wasted <laughs> Too late. time. Too late. Too late. Exactly. To your point, yeah, I mean, it's it, 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 that's one thing. It's like hitting a million drivers, right? I mean, for technique on the golf range. I mean, I get it. You practice it, you practice it, you practice it. And it can help on some level. But this is one of those plays in football where I think it's just so instinctive okay. that it's, it's really hard to teach it. Yeah. Um, that, that's just my thought on that. Um, yeah. One of the other things that Sark hit on that I thought was interesting is I think this is the best return game team they texas has played this year matthew yeah. golden has two kickoff returns for touchdowns uh malik fleming the safety returned one for touchdown against west virginia that called called back yep so i mean look u of h they returned two for touchdowns one got called back against west virginia who's a good defensive team um so i think sark bringing that out immediately coupled with last week saying we need to get more out of our return game Mm-hmm. I think I think we're going to see an aggressive special teams game Saturday by both teams. Yeah, I am glad Stock brought it up. Remember, we were doing the live stream yesterday, and I remember, uh, you know, Bobby said, hey, man, what are you guys concerned about? I said, kick returns. Yeah. They're fast. Yeah. They have team speed. They, they're lacking in a lot of areas, but uh, U of H has got team speed, specifically at wide receiver, and a lot of that wide receiver talent is in the return game. I believe it's uh, – maybe it's Golden. Yeah, from Klein Kane, high school teammate at Jaden Blue. Yeah, man, he can run. He's yes. got some. Uh, he, he he's got some jets. So I think that's the concern. They have an overall team speed. If they do find a crease, I mean, it may be all, all she wrote. It's that kind of game where even on offense too. That's why he talked about tackling today. Yes. He talked about tackling a lot today. He brought it up multiple times, especially when he was asked about the the Latin. Something else Rodney brought up when he brought up the 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 lack of defense in the two minute drill. That's right. And Texas having breakdowns, communication breakdowns, coverage breakdowns, uh, tackling breakdowns in during the two minute drill during that kind of that crisis. All right. That crisis situation. Texas seems to be breaking down mentally. At least they did in the Oklahoma game, I should say. Yeah. Um, and he was like tackling is our biggest concern there. So I'm with you. I think against against U of H. You, hey, man, you miss a tackle. That could it could be a house call. They got that it, kind it, of speed. And, let's, and let's explain why that is. So U of H. Matthew Golden, you said, can run by you. He can make a move yeah. and vertically get, get up past you. Joseph Manjack will run through you on a short route. He's a physical football he's, player. He was in high school. I saw him at Tomball Memorial. He's physical now. They run a lot of short stuff with him. And I think their play there is, okay, he's going to break the first tackle because yep. he's just going to will himself to break a tackle more than Agreed. being gifted to break a tackle. He's just going to say, <laughs> you're not getting me to the ground, dude. It's not happening. Um, and then you have Samuel Brown, who has a little ability to get by as well. Uh, but it's really those two guys, and they're different for Texas fans to watch. It's Golden with his speed, and then it's Manjack with his all-out physicality on contact. So like Texas is going to have to tackle both guys who have different skill sets 
Saturday. Uh, so, um, anything, any other takeaways from the press conference? Anything you're thinking right now, Rod, as far as some keys to the game before we move on to recruiting early on for Texas? Yeah, just uh, real quick. I just think that offensively, you know, there are some commonalities between the deer and shoot, you know, of course, in the uh, traditional air raid, yeah. which Dana Hogerson runs are more traditional, I should say. Um, and, and Donovan Smith, he's not Dylan Gabriel, uh, but he can present some of the same problems uh, with the quarterback run game. So I, I think they're going to look at that Oklahoma, that Oklahoma blueprint and they're going to try to copy as much as they can offensively from it. If Texas hasn't solved those problems, uh, in the bye week that they had, whether it be the breakdowns in communication, um, uh, whether it be how to handle the the, the up tempo, uh, whether it be the missed tackles that we we're talking about, um, whether that be how to handle the quarterback run game and the quarterback draw, which they won, all those problems that Oklahoma presented that Texas couldn't solve real time, yeah. they're gonna have to solve them versus U of H. Not on the same scale and not on the same level of uh, elite execution Oklahoma has. But still, they're going to have to solve them. If they don't, they're going to give up some points. I think Texas is going to win, no doubt about it. But they may find themselves in a bit of a shootout if they don't solve those problems defensively. We've been talking about, Rod, lastly, before we get to the recruiting part of the show, we've been talking about offense get off to a fast start, offense get off to a fast start all season. I think it's important that defense gets off to a fast start in this game because the last memory they have on the field was Mm. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Yeah. And now you're coming, you're playing against a team who can score the football. That's the one thing they can do. They can't run it that effectively. They're 97th in rush offense and their rush defense, 93rd rush offense, and their rush defense is terrible. Oh, the but offense is terrible. I think tech, I think, yeah, I think Texas is going to be fine offensively. I think defensively they need to get off to a good start, though. So they don't start to have hear voices. Yep. Yeah. Start thinking about the yeah. This, that thinking about the bad situation that happened yep. against Oklahoma. I'm with you. It's a great point. I mean, it does it does exist, people. It does exist. I'll say that. Before we get into recruiting, uh, I'm gonna take a second again for our uh, Longhorn Wealth Management Group, John Donovan, the sole sponsor of Talking Ball here. Uh, John is a proud University of Texas graduate as is his wife and six siblings. That's a lot of University of Texas gear on in John Donovan's house, which is what fuels John's UT passion and led him to dedicate his firm to providing total wealth management services to all University of Texas alumni and University of Texas employees and their respective families and friends who John has been proudly serving for over 30 years. This week is National Estate Planning Awareness Week, so Longhorn Wealth wants to remind you to make sure you've updated your will, power of attorney, and trust document, documents, 
as these important legal instruments are vital to ensuring your wishes are carried out properly to provide your loved ones and or charitable beneficiaries upon your passing. To learn how Longhorn Wealth can help provide the most appropriate estate planning strategies and solutions to best meet your unique family, business, or charitable legacy planning desires, please give John and the Longhorn Wealth team a call at 972-707-4900 or visit longhornwealth.net. John is a certified financial planner and chartered retirement planning counselor. He's also earned the Million Dollar Roundtable Award from the industry multiple times. So head on over to longhornwealth.net or give John Donovan a call. Thank you very much to John Donovan for being the sponsor of Talking Ball. All right, Rod, let's head on recruiting for a few minutes here. Texas, four new offers. We're going to start with the most recent offer, and that's Isaiah Williams, wide receiver mm -hmm. out of Tampa, Carrollwood Day. A uh, little background here on him. His father, Melvin Williams, you played against, was on Kansas State's teams. I think nice. it was 2002. Um, was a third team uh, All Big Twelve defensive end. Was a fifth round draft pick. On he was on those really good Kansas State teams. Y'all went up against a Bill Snyder defensively. Mm -hmm. Was a fifth round draft pick. Played for the Niners, Chiefs, Giants. I think off and on there for a few years. He's born. Williams is born in St. Louis. They moved to San Antonio from four to four years old through sixth grade. Then they moved to Tampa. So Isaiah Williams is a Florida commitment. Five eleven and a half, hundred seventy five pounds. Ran ten nine his sophomore year. Last year, had a uh, cracked collarbone, missed most of the season. But, Rod, he's come back as a senior, and he's he's impressed a lot of people. He's a four-star prospect for on-three industry ranking. I didn't get to see him in person practice. The day I was there, we had a lightning delay, so they just ended up in the weight room, so no no practice there. He's a teammate of Solomon Williams at Texas Offer at Edge, who we've both watched. But Isaiah Williams, Rod, the staff, that, the staff at Carrollwood thinks he could be a 10-7, 5-10-8 guy in track. But what did you see that you like? I think we saw a lot of the same things. What did you see about Isaiah Williams that you liked? I actually was shocked that his track time wasn't faster. So football speed, football because speed. I, I was a little, I was a little surprised that it was only like 10, nine, 10, eight. I was like, man, he looks, he looks faster on the football field. He carries it well. Uh, you know, Sark's got a type, you know, if you, if you go back and look at, you know, hell, if you go back and look at all of my ex women throughout throughout my life, you'd probably see a, a trend. <laughs> you'd be like, Robbie has a type. Looks like, you know, uh, yeah. big booty brunettes, whatever it is, right? Uh, it, Sark has a type of receiver that he really likes, and it is speed demons, guys who own the field. They're, they're obviously that that speed translates, yep. and he wants twitchy, and he likes slender, slender. You know, uh, I would say I don't say skinny. I don't want to call him skinny. <laughs> uh, I'm sure there's another word, but they wiry. wiry. Wiry is a good good term for it. Um, but they, I mean they 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 don't that that's not necessarily a knock on them. Nope. It's just the way they look. But those guys, I mean, he has a type, just kind of what Xavier Worthy is. He's a slender, small-ish wide receiver. Devontae Smith fits yep. that category. I mean, you could argue Sark has really developed a hell of a, a, a blueprint on how to maximize those types of wide receivers. Not everybody likes those types of wide receivers. Remember Tom Herman like big receivers, big. you know, yep. guys who can win 50-50 battles. Um, you know, and these guys are different, and Sark knows how to weaponize them. So I like his ability to adjust to the football. He's got elite body control. Yes. I mean, he's a guy that can be running full speed, and I'm not knocking the quarterback. There was, exactly, there was some throws that were way off, yeah. and you would see him just being able to stop on a dime or get low, get underneath it. Great body control, excellent hands, and he's twitchy. 
Yes. And honestly, when he when he runs, when he starts opening up his gate, um, honestly, I'm not gonna joke. He actually kind of looks like Xavier Worthy's running style. Like it's it's very similar once they get going and open up. But he's a Sark special. I mean, ever said everybody's got a type. That's kind of Sark's type. <laughs> and Isaiah Williams, I, I talked to him last night. That interview's up on Inside Texas. I'll, I'll be surprised if he doesn't officially visit Texas. The one thing he told me was Texas and Florida were his two schools at the start of the recruiting process. Obviously, he's committed to Florida. Um, Texas and Florida have a lot of recruiting battles going on right now. Uh, for those of you that aren't on Inside Texas, get on over there for all the recruiting information. All right, we're going to move to – actually, you know what? We're going to stay on the Florida commitments. Uh, but like I said, Texas and Florida are going at it on recruiting. Let's do it. Um, Xavier Phil Same was offered on his way to the Cotton Bowl uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, safety, six foot, 180, ran 10 5, 5, 10 6 on the track last spring. He can pick him up and put him down. Yes, uh, five star Florida commitment, pick Florida over Georgia. Georgia's still trying to push there. Uh, Phil Same had, and his father, who lives in McKinney, his mom lives in Orlando, which is a lot of people think why he would eventually end up at Florida. But his dad and him had a good discussion with Blake Gideon and Texas staff early last week. I think Gideon's expected a game here in a couple of weeks. But now, Rod, what did you think watching Phil Same on tape? Because he's there's not a ton of senior stuff, but there's enough to get a peek and get a feel for him as a player. Well, and you get those track times, right? Yeah, that that, that amped it up. That, uh, <laughs> that made you go back and watch the film again. Oh, let me go check out this film again on this young man. Let me get to some detail. Uh, but the little film that you have, you can see, uh, I love he's a downhill player, right? He, he comes downhill and plays the run. And with that kind of speed, I, I know he can be an alley cat, as we call it, a guy that can get from depth and play the run from depth. That's important these days. Yep. There are a lot of teams playing the two high and single high. You want a safety that can do both. And honestly, you know, Coach Aquino used to have a great – his theory about defensive backs um, back in the day was all about he wants the five-tool DB. Um, essentially, his idea was – I, I should have a defensive backs in my secondary should be able to play any position in the secondary, ideally, without there being a huge drop off. You shouldn't mm -hmm. necessarily be pigeonholed that, oh, man, this guy's got to play strong safety. Oh, he is uh, nothing but a boundary corner. Um, and I'm not knocking that, but his, his, his idea was I'm, I want guys who can play a lot of different positions and not only manufactures depth, but those guys are they, their football IQ increases. Yes. Because they they can play a lot of different things. That's go look at all the Coach Akina guys. I mean, there are Quinn Jammer and Nathan Vasher and Ahmad Brooks. Even early on, guys playing multiple spots. He yeah. was big on that. Even I played nickel and played corner. Xavier Philsame reminds me of that theory. That I wonder if I just started him out playing corner, he'd be a he'd be a damn. I'm not saying he'd be elite at either one. He probably is probably best right. suited projected at safety. But I think he can play almost any position in secondary. I think he has that kind of body and that kind of overall skill set. Um, his range is great at safety because of his speed. Um, and I like his feet. His feet lets me know he can play. He can match up with, you know, receivers and play man coverage and, and potentially in the slot. And that's what Derek Williams is. Yes. And Texas is recruiting those kind of guys and let you know they want the receivers. that They want safeties that can match up with receivers and play man to man if they need to. There you go. And totally agree with that. And here's here's the thing with all safeties I, I we talk about. And it's why – Eventually, uh, you know, I, 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 we want to get Rod talking with these guys a little bit, too, at some point uh, to, to get a feel for their feel for the game and the position. Mm -hmm. uh, so that'll be interesting as we learn more about Phil Same. Uh, I do think he'll eventually end up on campus at Texas at some point. We don't have a date on that. We'll see. 
Uh, we'll see on that here in the next few weeks. But I think right now, though, he is still solid to Florida. Georgia's making that push. But I think he's reciprocating that interest from Texas uh, quite a bit right now. All right, Rod, let's move on to D-line. Two interesting D-line offers. So Texas has three defensive linemen committed. They want four high school guys in this class. Probably take a fifth guy would be from the portal. Um, Dimitri Nicholas was the first guy they offered. He's out of Miami, Norland. Mm-hmm. Um, his D-line coach is interesting. It's Shamar Stewart's father, uh, the Texas A&M five-star defensive lineman. Uh, Dimitri Nicholas is an Auburn commitment who's junior tape, uh, aggressive kid, good length. Not a lot of senior tape yet, but from those who I've talked to that have seen him, a couple of college coaches really like what they have seen as a senior. What did mm. you like on the junior tape from Nicholas? Oh, man, his tape is fun to watch. I mean, honestly, he's easy to spot on film. Just look at the offensive lineman that's going backwards. Yes. That's usually, <laughs> that's usually him pushing that guy in the backfield. He he really does, man. He he manhandles undersized offensive linemen or offensive linemen who don't have power. And I've there is even film of him manhandling offensive linemen and double teams and still getting to the ball. Uh, I love his game, man. He is he's a guy that you talk about this, Jerry, all the time. You say you want to see defensive linemen play with their feet on the opposing uh, on the other side of the line of scrimmage, yes. right? And he does that. He's consistently on the other side of the line of scrimmage. I love that he plays with active hands, uh, engages and disengages. You can see him shoot his hands a lot of the times too, and create separation with the offensive lineman so that he can see. And a lot of times you can see you can see him. And his, you can tell his eyes are still open when he engages and when they're contact. That's the big thing, right? We talk yep. about it on contact. You drop your head or you keep your eyes up. If he you does. drop your head on contact, you're never going to see the ball. You're never going to be able to react. But that's a big one is keeping the eyes up on contact, right? Yep, he does a great job. You can tell he separates and he's looking for the football. Uh, so he, 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 like I said, he's one of those guys where he is constantly penetrating the line of scrimmage to disrupt. Uh, and I, like I said, he resets the line of scrimmage. That's the best thing about his game. And I, I think he can be one of those guys, man, that can be not only a run stuffer, but also a guy that can be a pass rusher as well. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, Bo Davis was at Norland High School last Thursday, by the way. Nicholas is definitely interested uh, in taking an official visit. And look, I'm not I'm not, not knocking Hugh Freeze. It's, it's a tough rebuild there. I'm not sure any of their kids are solid commitments when you get the doors blown off like you did at uh, LSU and with the schedule that's still coming that's for him. He, need, he needs a big win. They didn't look good yeah. against A&M. Uh, they, they, they played well against Georgia. Hadn't looked good against A&M. Did not look good against LSU. Uh, so we'll see what happens with Auburn the rest of the remainder of the way. Last guy we're going to talk about is Alex Foster, the most raw of all these guys, right? He, right, it's a little background. He was 6'4", 235 as a junior. He's in Greenville, Mississippi, almost on that Arkansas border. Um, goes to St. Joseph's Private School. Doesn't play against great competition. But he's now listed at 6'5", 276. He's a Baylor commitment. Um, Kentucky offered him first day of August. Texas offered him. Ole Miss, I think, is close to offering him. Georgia's taking a peek right now at him. Uh, he made official visits uh, to Baylor, Arkansas, Georgia Tech, Mississippi State. Offered him. He didn't really have interest there. He hadn't a kid. That, he's not a kid that's had in-state interest. He's raw, Rod. Yep. You see the length. You see the loose limb flexibility. Uh, but he's got a long way to go as a player. But what did you see just in terms of that raw talent that you like? Yeah, I think that's the beauty of it, right? I mean, yeah. he's a he, developmental he's, guy. 
yeah, his upside is tremendous because he almost, you know, you can tell that he hadn't really kind of grown. His body's still developing. You can almost tell by the way he runs and the way he moves. His body's not even close to being fully developed yet. Like you said, what did you say? He's 270-something now? Yeah, it was 235 as a junior. So he's 40. <laughs> that, you know, when your body is changing and morphing like that, really nobody can project where it's going to end up. Right. You really don't know where it's going to end up. But that's the beauty of it. That's why he's a developmental prospect. I love the way he moves. I mean, he's just a, I really wrote here. That's crazy. You said it. Raw physical freak. <laughs> uh, all raw materials uh, <laughs> um, to end up being a, a elite pass rusher if he's, you know, ends up being taught the right way. But the way his body's growing, hell, I don't know what he's going to grow into. We love. He's growing to being Chris Jones. I don't know yeah, what kind yeah. of. Yeah, I mean, that's Alfred, the big Collins' frame is probably similar to what he is. Um, it, when you think about it, right? I mean, six five got does six he play points. another sport? Uh, he does play basketball. He he does, yeah, that's what I wanted to hear. Yeah. That's what I wanted to hear. Those natural knee bender guys, right? In that, yeah, ankle flexion, that reactive. I love basketball guys mm. that are, are big athletes because they have no to deal with reactive quickness. They totally agree. To play, I got. I, I gotta go watch his basketball film. That's what I need to go react do. so much with so many things in front of them. But Alex yeah. Foster, raw prospect there. That's four new offers in 2024. I don't think Texas has done. I I suspect they'll offer another kid or two. Um, and when they do, Rod and I'll talk about it. Uh, but Rod, that's been this week's edition of Talking Ball. I think uh, we're getting everybody set up for the, the U of H game. It's a huge game for Texas. Up to eight in the polls. Every game you win, you're a step closer to being in that top four, which is where you want to be at the end of the year. Texas, like Sark said, still has everything out in front of them that they had before the season. They don't totally control their own destiny, but they can still make it happen if they get, play really good football. So uh, for Rod Babers, this is Jerry Hamilton. That's been this week's edition of Talking Ball. We'll talk to you again next week. Welcome.